Hi, welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast, episode 130. So I'm just going to jump straight into the emails we've got from you this week and the comments. First one is from Anne, and she is a new member. She's just jumping into the pronunciation mastery course at the moment. She says, greetings, Luke and Phil. I learned of Mandarin Blueprint from Luke's interview in episode 55 of You Can Learn Chinese. So that's a new episode that's just out, an interview I did with Jared Turner. That's Jared Turner and John Pasden's podcast. It's a fantastic podcast. You should definitely be subscribed to that if you're serious about learning Chinese. Uh, yeah, and I'm in episode 55. Phil also recorded a podcast about a year before, or a year and a half before, somewhere. I think it's, it's the one referring, I don't remember the episode number, but it's about traditional and simplified characters. I had a semester of Mandarin Chinese in 1981 and returned to my studies during the pandemic, July 7th, 2020. So it's almost 40 year gap. It was my first session with an italki teacher. In spite of working with multiple well-intentioned teachers, yes, they're always well-intentioned, uh, I couldn't figure out why I wasn't learning well. So turned to research to derive a research-informed learning protocol for adults. That attempt is here. You guys can check out that link in the show notes. If you're on YouTube, you have to go to mandarinblueprint.com slash podcast and find it there. I'm only halfway through your pronunciation course, but I'm sensing that you've already derived this. It would be nice to just study Chinese. And then we asked her, tell us what your goals are with Chinese. So many, she says. I'll know I've achieved them when a person and I talk and listen about what's on our minds and in our hearts. And we both can truly say, well, mean back. I understand. So it's about connecting with the native speakers of that language that's the i guess that's one of the key reasons of learning a learning a language right uh, it doesn't always start that way but it usually finishes up that way we also inquired about any problems that she might be having to just let us know we always do that with new members or just people not necessarily people that have paid for a course but people that have signed up to our newsletter or downloaded some sort of ebook um, we're always open to any emails at contact at mandarinblueprint.com. She says, this is my opinion after eight months of study and work with probably 15 or so online teachers. Wow, it's uh, definitely hard working there. Traditional teaching methods may never have worked too well, but during a pandemic and in the, in the absence of immersion, they almost have a negative impact. I minored in Chinese history. I love Oracle Bone script when I hear get out there and practice your Chinese. I want to ask the person on what globe they're living. <laughs> yeah, get in there on your computer and log in and hire an online tutor. Um, but in terms of absence of immersion, this is something you'll discover later. Uh, and once you've actually learned how to read and listen and, and got through, I'd say at least phase five, like our foundation course. Um, but immersion is possible anywhere. Uh, it's just about, it's immersion is more about habits than it is about um, being around Chinese people necessarily, if that's what you meant. Um, <clears throat> if you download our ebook, Mastering Mandarin in the Modern World, we've got a whole chapter on that, uh, and also a couple of really good blog posts as well. She says, I've tried so many courses and spent so much time and so many dollars. Problem slash question. I'm thinking that I just need to accept that learning Chinese all alone in a house during a pandemic is suboptimal. Well, that depends on your personality. Um, for me, uh, it was great. I, that's how I learned Chinese mainly, not necessarily just in my house on lockdown, but um, you know, in a coffee shop, just with a computer. A computer and a smartphone is all I, pretty much all I needed. <laughs> and also we did just jokingly say, tell us how attractive you think we are as well. Made me laugh, very attractive. I sense your belief that what you are saying matters. And you can't know me individually, but I sense your goodwill to me. 
nonetheless. It's quite beautiful. Anything. So that's that's great. Thank you. And since this email, we have sort of had a few more exchanges with Anne, so we do kind of know her now. I'm working with a local native speaker of Chinese and a fellow businesswoman to develop an in-person seminar for 2022 for executives who are considering learning Chinese and or initiating learning Chinese at the organizational level. I need to listen to this. This is a, a case study, one of our many case studies, where this is one in particular with Brennan, I believe Phil did this one, uh, where his company, he, the only reason why he's studying Chinese is because his company needs him to. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's a good interview. As an interim step, we're going to submit this course proposal to our university's lifelong learning institute. And again, there's another link there that Anne wrote which is a very, very interesting little uh, write-up. I want to step back and praise your work. I've founded startups and I've created an online course. The work, the mind, heart, time and expense, your work is truly masterful and I respect it very much. I think that's all I've got. Thanks for asking these questions. Now to study with deep appreciation, Anne. That's just a wonderful uh, letter. And thank you very much. And it's awesome that you've got that, you're that excited about our stuff and you only you only got into the pronunciation mastery course. The, un, the pronunciation mastery course is just like a preamble to the, the main course. We don't even really think about it that much anymore. It's very important, don't get me wrong, but it's a small course, just teaches pronunciation. I see, I personally see the pronunciation mastery course as something that's highly necessary for beginners, but mainly it's just, it, it equips you for phase one. It equips you to be able to learn Chinese characters using our uh, movie method, which Anne has right now just got into. We're, we're sort of in communication with her. So I'm very curious to see how Anne does with us. Welcome to MB. Next one is from uh, Scott. Uh, he says, uh, it's on what about the Mandarin tones? This is again, phase one uh, that I just mentioned. And we're talking about how to learn tones with this movie method. How, how do we, you know, we teach you how to read, write and pronounce Mandarin Chinese characters, Mandarin characters, <laughs> Chinese characters. But what about the tone? How do we do that? Well, the tones within our method are mapped out to rooms within buildings that you choose from your personal life, your episodic memory. And the buildings themselves represent the opinion finals, for example, ENG or AN, the endings of syllables. And uh, the initials are represented by people from your life. And it all kind of works together like that. He says, Tones and I have never gotten along. Thankfully, this memory strategy is making it very difficult to forget them after making a movie. Loving it. Yes, that is a really nice side effect that we didn't really predict. <laughs> until we started teaching this live to many, many people. Uh, we'd have, I, I remember one uh, in particular, a uh, gentleman who'd already passed the HSK six, I think, or five, like, it was quite a high level, but his tones were bad and he, he just wanted to, he's actually mainly, he was there to accompany his wife, um, who was a complete beginner, but he decided to learn the characters, relearn them. Uh, using our method, uh, as well as filling any gaps. And he found that his tones just improved massively because, you know, fourth tone is the bathroom or the back, the back garden. And it's there, it's visual in your mind. So of course it's not third tone, of course it's not second tone because you're not in the kitchen, you're not outside the front entrance, you're in the bathroom. <laughs> so it really does work. And I'm, I'm glad that Scott uh, finds that too. The yeah, next one is Re Rebecca Weeble, who's been with us for a long time. She's really far into the course now, and she's learning a rather advanced character called Yi, which means essentially to move. I'm not sure what the keyword was specifically that we chose, 
probably isn't move, but um, yeah, to, to move something. Um, so it's based on a sentence uh, from this particular word. The sentence is So there's a couple of things I want to talk about with this sentence, but let's first read um, Rebecca's. This is actually two separate comments. She sent a comment first. She's like, how can you have two ba characters in a sentence? Because ba is a grammatical function. Usually it's referring to to take something and do something with it. So take this chair and move it. Uh, she said, and then she later very quickly responded with, I feel so dumb. Of course, it's a measure word. So ba is also a measure word for things that you can hold. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the... Um, but it just tend, people things that you can hold in your hand, like a, you move a chair like that. Um, uh, you, you tend to have the um, ba as the measure word. And she says, I just saw both of them there and I knew what the first ba was doing and the second just threw me. That happens a lot uh, when you're sort of just acquiring these new words and grammar functions. Still happens to me occasionally. Interestingly, I'm increasingly more comfortable with ba, whereas when it first arrived on the scene, I didn't like that grammar structure at all. So foreign to my English brain. Yeah, it just does not exist in English, or very rare, very rarely used. That concept of take this and do something with it. Now I just accept and understand it without the mental gymnastics. Yes, you've acquired it through uh, exposure. Although I think it has taken a lot more exposure than the oft quoted number. Yeah, of course, like we quote a number of roughly 10 exposures, um, 10 reviews of a word in in a sentence, a, a sentence that you can understand, both listening and reading, before you can sort of acquire it. And of course, that's average. If you're learning a more simple word, um, then it probably takes like two or three, or even one. You just click with it instantly. But maybe with more complicated ones that really throw you off, that maybe don't exist in English, you're looking at possibly... Um, more time, maybe even a hundred, if you before you really fully uh, acquire it. So um, that is just a really interesting one. Oh, one more thing I want to say about the sentence is just the pronunciation. So when you this is this might throw people, some people off. So So it's it's just a it's a lot of y's y i sounds or i sounds there in a row, uh, and the way that the native speaker would do it. So they would basically they would really um, uh, accentuate, exaggerate the first the the and then they would and isha is very quick and fifth tone. Both of those characters are fifth tone. Yeah, it's this tough one. So uh, maybe practice that a couple of times. Um, Awesome. So well done, Rebecca, um, for thinking and figuring it out on your own. Um, uh, sometimes, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that came to you. And that means, by the way, that um, when, when you have those sort of clicking moments, when you really struggle with something to the point of almost frustration, and then it comes to you, then it just, it, it, the memory of that thing, the acquisition, the level of acquisition of that particular function just seems to be even more deeply ingrained after that point. So uh, that's actually a good thing. Another one from Scott here. He says, this is for casting calls. This is where we ask you to choose an actor for a pinion initial. 
and to represent that in your imagination. And he says, no actors for WU were very memorable for me. We'll give you a list, by the way. That's what he's referring to there. We'll give you a big list of people's names and celebrities and famous people. So I read the comments and found Rachel's suggestion was sheer from The Lost Tomb. The problem is I've never heard of him or his movies, so I found The Lost Tomb on Rakuten Vicky and started watching season one, all in Mandarin. I love the series and he is now fresh in my mind as my WU actor. That's a really cool idea, Scott. Yeah, I don't have anyone, so I'm gonna create a memory of someone and then and then use it and learn some Chinese at the same time, sweet. I've also added a photo of him on the WU entry in my Anki deck. Thanks, Rachel. The best part is that I discovered that Vicky has a learn mode that shows Chinese and English subtitles. A quick rewind to rewatch the last five, 10 seconds and a dictionary. Just click on a Chinese character in the subtitles, the movie pauses and the definition of the hands that pops up, including pinyin. It looks like a great learning tool whilst watching movies in Mandarin. Uh, Luke and Phil, I hope this type of sharing is appropriate here in the comments. Maybe someone else can benefit from this. If not, Dubiti, feel free to delete. No, we always appreciate people sharing other comments about other resources. Um, as long as it's not like something like, oh, guys, I found a course that's way better than Mandarin Blueprint. Screw these guys. <laughs> obviously, I might, I might remove that. It's just not very polite. Um, but it's never going to happen anyway, obviously. Uh, but sharing resources Phil and I both understand that um, you know you need to diversify your resources that's part of the fun of doing this you know we so share as many as you can in the community on comments within the course we always appreciate in fact I'm always here talk I'm bigging up other people that are technically our competitors all the time I'm always talking about link LINGQ just constantly uh, Chinese pod um, all sorts of different uh, resources that technically, you know, we're competing for market share of, I suppose, but I don't really care because they are high quality and they will help you. Um, so yeah, that's just that aside. But Vicky is something that Scott, I believe, has brought up a couple of times and I haven't actually tried it myself, but it essentially just seems like kind of uh, Netflix, but for Chinese shows, Asian shows. Um, forgive me if I'm off, I'm off the mark there. Um, and the learn mode sounds great because with Netflix, you can download like a Chrome extension that only works on Chrome called language learning with Netflix, which does exactly what you're saying there, uh, except, yeah, well, I don't know if it's the same or not, but it sounds about the same. Um, so it looks like Vicky has that built in, which is really cool. So I think that's very worth uh, checking out. Thanks for that, Scott. Next one here is from Matt Das. Uh, I believe that's how you say it probably dace or something now now that I've, I've guessed um but uh matt says oh, this is on the pronunciation mastery uh course it seems like at this stage of the course i need to be more focused on training my mouth than my memory that's absolutely right pronunciation mastery is all about pronunciation nothing else and of course you do learn a few words but it, the words you learn are sort of vehicles for you to acquire the pronunciation points and the tones and such. Which means Anki alone is not enough. It's not exactly the right tool for the job. One tool I found helpful in grading myself is the text-to-speech in Google Translate or similar apps. If I've got the tone or the tongue position wrong, the machine will not hesitate to tell me. If I say chu and it hears chu, 
then I know that I can mash the good button in Anki until I can consistently get the right pinion to show up on the screen. Huh, interesting. And that's an important part too, I found. The pinion is key. The word may very well be wrong as long as it's a homonym. So it's ta, ta, and ta, for example. The machine is not perfect. No, of course not, of course not. But I'm glad you found a workaround there, Matt. Uh, that's something that a couple of people have said to me. Uh, I think actually rate, um, Rebecca, was one of them I, I may be mistaken but um, I've had at least two other people recently say oh, I use Google Translate to check whether or not I'm actually saying something correctly <laughs> it works it works for me I guess these 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 voice um, how would you I don't know what you'd even call them I guess you say translators but like um, the, the the voice recognition software that's it voice recognition software seems to be getting better and better so um, yeah, it's definitely worth downloading that on your phone perhaps and trying uh, trying that out. Another one from Matt here on the power of Chinese characters. So this is a, I mentioned this a few times before as well, it's a series of videos Phil and I did, which I really enjoyed just delving into a, a character. This was just originally done as a promotional tool on the Shanghaiist, just a few videos that we put out on that, on that uh, uh, website. Um, and they're really fun. I'd love to do more of them. <laughs> so he says, we just, so we just dive into a character, Ming. What are the words that Ming is used in and why? What's the connection between all these different words? Because characters can be very confusing. Characters can have tons of definitions and different pronunciations. But what you don't realize straight away, especially as a beginner learner, is how, how strong the connection is between most, if not all, of these multiple definitions, even if, uh, on paper they seem very different in English. So he says, I love these deeper dives into characters. This sort of thing really helps the ca that character take root and expand its connections in my mind. Yeah, it's like a mind map for the character. I'm unlikely to forget Ming, and after knowing it's composed of sun and moon, and after seeing so many of its nuances and uses spelled out and explained one by one. <laughs> yeah, and you're just in the pronunciation mastery course right now, I believe still, Matt. So I'm really excited for you for when you get to the uh, the actual phase one, you start properly learning characters. Next one is from Kairi Shikari on vocab unlocked for uh, from Ju. And uh, Kairi says, I'm interested to know the origins of this sentence. Ju shuo, so Ju shuo, it's, um, it is said that, 如果小孩子白天玩火, so if children so play with fire during the day. Tian is during the day. in the evening, They will pee their bed. Xiao <laughs> is to, to pee. What's the origin of that sentence? Well, I double checked with my wife. Is I was, I was my instincts were correct on this one. It's just something that parents tell their children so they don't play with fire. And obviously it's not really something that you'd have to worry about in the cities because children just have a fixed life in the cities where they wake up, they go to school for 13 hours a day, and then on the weekends they do homework all day and then occasionally activities that are extracurricular that are also for school. <laughs> That's pretty much all children do. And uh, I, you know, a lot of kids get, get the chance to play and mess around and stuff especially where I am in Dali, it's a bit more relaxed, it's a bit more free thinking, open-minded and things like that. But generally, um, in the city, the kids have quite a regimented life. Uh, but in the, you know, in the um, 
in the countryside, in the more rural areas, it's a bit more relaxed. The children get to just play around and go and start fires in the you know in the street, not in a vandalism way, just in a going to entertain myself in a in, in whatever way I can sort of way. Just do my thing. I'm a kid and I'll run. And um, you know, like a lot of us got to do before the days of the internet when we were kids. We would just run around for eight hours on a Saturday on our bikes, you know, in all sorts of just exploring our town or our village. Um, and then, you know, my wife and her two her two sisters, for example, they would just play outdoors all day, every day, you know, during you know outside of school. And uh, when dinner was ready, they would just hear this shout, Trufala, <laughs> just across the across the village. And then they, would, oh, that's my mum's voice, and they would run home. Anyway, um, just a little cultural tidbit there, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, you know, kids would get up to all sorts of stuff. So parents would say, and in fact, my wife's parents used to say to her, you know, if you play with fire during the day, you will pee yourself at night. And you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's just something to to get them to not do that. Next is from Hannah Sloat on tougher initials this is from pronunciation mastery as well she says did you know females when speaking english tend to say their consonants softer closer to chinese actually so that's no i did not know that um i thought that sounds right to me what hannah's referring to is tougher initials so in tougher initials there we we, t we divide the initials in chinese into easy so the ones that exist in english so for example l the L sound is the same as the English sound. And then tougher initials are like medium, where they're kind of basically the same, but there's some differences. And then problem initials are the hardest ones because they don't exist in English, you know, like and TCC and that sort of stuff. So the tougher initials, I think, are uh, G, uh, B, D, G, and K, and maybe H as well. So... <clears throat> Specifically, um, the Chinese way of saying uh, G, I believe this is right, yeah, G, K. But, yeah, so there's B and D and K, I think, yeah. So, essentially, it's it's uh, stronger. No, no, hang on, no, I'm trying to read, I'm trying to rethink, because, you know, I, I filmed this like two years ago. Um, so I'll just use the B for example. So in English, B and D, we say like uh, bad, bad is voiced <clears throat> stronger. Uh, essentially, it sounds voiced from the very beginning. Uh, D is dad, my dad. Whereas in Chinese, the B is more like a pop. It's more like a ba 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 ba. It's more like a poppy light sound, and the D as well. Like uh, da 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 da. It's uh, it's not so like da. It's da. Um, so <clears throat> they're voiced, whereas in English, sorry, they're unvoiced. Whereas in English, it's 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 more voiced. And Hannah's saying the way women tend to speak English is more similar to the Chinese way of saying like B and D, for example. So that's interesting. Thank you for that, Hannah. Next one here's from Brendan Gittins from Level Two Complete. This is from Phase One where you learn characters. So he says, I'd like to second the positive comments above. This method is awesome and it's really exciting to see the initial results. Thanks so much for sharing your method with the world. Well, thank you for saying that and doing it. Um, and yeah, I, Brendan's clearly getting to the point where 
you're getting past the what the heck is this about <laughs> phase, which is like the first five or ten characters where you're like, okay, I'll choose an actor. I'll choose my auntie in my kitchen with a stick. What? What? All right, fine, I'll do it because these guys have got... I, you know, I've seen that blue dragon around now and I, they seem to know what they're talking about. They look very confident in the videos anyway. And there's there's comments that could be fake, I suppose, but I go, oh, all right, well, I'll trust the comments. I'll, I'll keep going. <laughs> I guess a lot of people have that during the beginning because it's just so out there. And then you recall your first character. Not just recall it, you remember what it means, how to write it. You can write a Chinese character and pronounce it accurately because also because of the pronunciation course, you know, okay, I'm in now, <laughs> this is working. Uh, this is really cool and it works. So um, I, Brendan's sort of just getting into that uh, bit. So that's that's brilliant. Uh, keep, uh, let us know how you feel about the rest of the course. There's lots more moving parts to be introduced to. And next is from Heather Renfrew on bonus video, six types of Chinese character. And know that Chiling and Mai Chiling so it's cream and margarine, are examples of loan words. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Only because the company I work for makes containers that are used in China. I wanted to know what the products were. I looked up the characters with my Hamping Pro camera. That's a really good, that's a, I believe that's an app in Android, right? That, yeah, Hamping Pro. It's a very good OCR reader, maybe the best one. I remember reading about OCR readers uh, not too long ago. Pleco has one as well. Hanping Pro Camera, I think might be the best one or one of the best for just scanning Chinese characters and it translates, it shows you what the opinion is and the tone. Are foreigners Chinese names also considered loan words? Zhen Xinfang is what I ended up with from a name generator. Yeah, it's the same concept, basically. Uh, same with countries, anything that's, that's non-English, that's like um, names are a big one. Essentially, they just they choose a bunch of Chinese characters that sound like the name uh, and that also are, you know, preferably quite nice characters as well, you know, not insulting or anything like that. So Ren Xinfang means um, Ren is like to to take up a position, to take up responsibility or to admit, um, which I suppose denotes sort of honesty and things like that. And Xin is also, you know, to, to trust, trust, honestly, honesty, reliability. And Fang is fragrant. So it's just three nice characters. Um, Ren is your Xing, which represents Renfru. And Xinfang, Ren, Xinfang, Renfru. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know if that's, uh, Ren, Ren is definitely chosen because of the way it sounds. Like my last name is Neil. My Chinese Xing is Ning, cause, just because it's got an N sound. Um, Ren Xinfang, Ren Xinfang. I, I don't know what the sin is supposed to sound like, but I guess because it's, you know, if that was if that was me, maybe I would have chosen her shit or something like that for like Heather, you know, to like maybe an H sound. But words, uh, names aren't always chosen like that way. They're often chosen just purely based on meaning. So, for example, my full Chinese name is Ning Hao Tian. So Hao Tian is my name. It's nothing to do with Luke. It's just chosen because my wife said it was uh it was just nice it was just, it sounded good um so it depends yeah but if you read a book so for example i, I often read uh, game of thrones or whatever like translated books in chinese 
it's quite frustrating sometimes because there's a lot of long English names that are literally translated. Um, uh, and yeah, they, they're purely based on on the way it sounds and just nice characters chosen to fill in those sounds. So yes, is the answer, the very long version of the answer that I decided to give. <laughs> so there you go. Another one from Kyrie here, unlocked from Yen. Just a good question. I thought this is nice. This is something that I wanted to put in, make sure this got in the podcast because uh, this is a specific English meaning that I wanted to know at various points and I never bothered to learn it until um, until one day it just clicked. But how to say, do an impression of someone. Because in English, we say it's quite a long way of explaining that point. To do an impression of blah, blah, blah. And this is for Yen. She says, uh, Kairi says, um, might be he, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not very familiar with Japanese names, sorry. I'm wondering if the sentence, 我演我们老师, means I perform to our teacher. So literally, it's Yen is to perform. So I perform our teacher. 我演我们老师, or 我们的老师, either way. Or, and, and so Kairi has a good instinct and says, or is it I perform to our teacher or is it I, I perform as our teacher, as in I pretend to be our teacher and it's the latter. So you can now go and use that phrase and apply it to anyone. So Robert Toms is next and the final uh, comment of today that is referring to just as a general comment. He says, just to clarify, xinxi means message. In addition to believe, is it related to xin, also meaning letter? What is the tie between belief and messages? So this is a really interesting question. Um, actually, this led to me just doing a little bit of Baidu research, <clears throat> which I often do when something strikes my interest or curiosity, or I don't know something, I want to explore a little bit more. So, xinxi means message, and it also means belief? No, it, xinxi purely is about message. Uh, it means message, it means news, it means information, which are all kind of connected in meaning, aren't they? Very strongly connected. So as a compound word, it means uh, message. And if you break down the compound word, so this is an example of, you know, if you look up a single character, like Xin, for example, it has multiple different meanings. I've already touched on this today. It has multiple different meanings. So it can mean believe, it can mean uh, trust, reliability. Um, <clears throat> it can also mean letter. Uh, so that's, that seems really strange, doesn't it? It's like a letter and believe and trust. Like, what, what's the connection there? But in this particular context of xin xi, it refers, to, it's it's basically shu yin xin or shu xin xiao xi. So it's two separate words combined. Shu xin or yin xin. I'm not actually sure which one. I think it's yin xin, like basically speech in like sound of of voice and uh sin which is a written word so basically words of people uh which uh, in ancient times was purely letters uh and xiao xi is the purest oldest word to mean to mean uh, message or news really news <clears throat> so xin xi basically means news or a message in written format okay that's essentially uh, or spoken format i suppose it could be yin so spoken or written format um and it doesn't have any connection to believe in this context so <clears throat> what is the connection between so that, that led to two more questions for me personally which was okay so what what is the 
connection between letter and trust, belief. It's tough to say. I, I looked into it and I couldn't see a clear answer, but I didn't look into it for that long. Um, so I'm sure the answer is out there. But if you look at the actual character itself, Xin, it has a person on the left, Ren, and on the, on the right it has Yen, which means speech, so a person's speech. If you think about it, that kind of applies to both. The kinds of, a person's speech, the speech of a person, does relate quite strongly to the idea of trust, because that's how you decide whether or not you trust someone. Do you trust what they say? Uh, that's quite a big, a big deal. So that's a strong connection there. And also just the words of a person, just written into a letter. So that does also make sense. Um, so, Shu Xin, Xin, or Yin Xin, they all mean just communication in written or spoken form. Um, and Xin specifically is about a letter. But let's go back to this last little thing, because as I was sort of researching this, I got the connection between Xin Xi and then there was Xiao Xi. So Xin Xi, remember, is basically uh, uh, written Xiao Xi or spoken xiaoxi, yin xin xiaoxi, that's basically what it is. So what is xiaoxi? Well, xiaoxi is an even older word, even more gulaoder word. Um, and I've never ever, in my uh, since I've been learning Chinese, really thought about the word structure of xiaoxi. So xiao means to extinguish, to exterminate, to die, essentially, to disappear. And xi, the, it means breath and one of the oldest meanings of it, the, I guess you could say the, the original meaning, is sheng, like to, to, to bring life, to give birth. So it's about death and life. And it's one of these very common Chinese words, like just a really easy example is kaiguan. Kaiguan means uh, switch. And it literally is made up of the characters on and off. So the, uh, this kind of word structure, it's a kind of Chinese word where they have the opposite of each of the spectrum and the the what it means is everything in between essentially so the idea of news uh is is news right a message some sort of information that's important about world events that's going on that you need to hear it's made up of death and life and essentially it's referring to the ups and downs um of life you know what's what's going up, what's going down, let's hear about it, and everything in between. Uh, I just thought that was an interesting uh, little tidbit for you there. So thanks for that question, um, Robert. That I hope I answered it there. What's the difference between, what's the tie between belief and messages? Um, you can look at the character and uh, the, the connection between letter or message and belief or trust. It's definitely there if you think about it. So the next part of the podcast is a new section called Vocab Living Links. So we're going to jump into uh, some uh, mnemonic examples that you've given us for, for new words. So this one here is from Robert Toms on Vocab Unlocked for NAR. It's a very simple one. And NAR is actually a rather simple word. It's just na, like which, with R on the end. And it means it's basically another version, another way of saying nali, where you could make all sorts of connections there based on, you know, which son, which son. Uh, you could think about those two character connections and maybe make a more complex mnemonic. Um, but Robert has just decided to say, I've, I've used a picture of Waldo from Where's Waldo? You know, that makes the connection there uh, quite strongly uh, for where that's a really good connection. 
Uh, and if you can also connect the characters as well, that would make it even stronger. Yeah, that's a really good one. Thanks, Robert. The next one here's from Jeff Bryant on Vocab Unlocked for Nay. And he says, for specifically the word E, Nay, um, he's, oh, he's actually quite good at doing this. He's got, it takes an English word and relates it closely to the Chinese pinyin pronunciation. So he's chosen innate, something that's innate, innate, <laughs> inborn, something already inside you. That's a very good connection. And then of course you can connect that with something that you think is innate to you, or maybe you could have a picture of a, a bird creating a nest. It's an innate sort of knowledge passed down between from bird to bird you know so that's just something that pops into my mind um uh, and then of course you've got your chicks in in the, the bird's nest as well e nay so that, that kind of works for me another one from jeff here vocab unlocked for yin specifically yin hang and jeff has connected to the english phrase been hanging we've been hanging around this bank too long they might think we're planning to rob the place so of course in hang been hanging so <laughs> uh, this sort of thing works really well even though it sounds a bit silly at first um, anything that creates a strong connection works or a useful visual uh, Gringot bank scenes in Harry Potter have all the bankers in distinct orderly rows counting money and doing paperwork yes or both you know have both on your flashcards just in case if you think of both go ahead and stick them both in there uh, thanks a lot for giving us two suggestions there, Jeff. Another one from Jeff is, uh, oh, he's, he's really good at this, actually, um, creating these connections. He says, so he's got three words, zhang da, zhang xiang, and zhang de. So the first one, zhang da, john da m, <laughs> you grew up tall. So john, damn, you grew up tall. And again, you could create a, you could just find a picture of a tall guy, maybe a, guy, a short guy looking at him like, whoa. Uh, just to go in there and make that even uh, clearer, stronger. The next one is zhang xiang, and the uh, his um, mnemonic here is notice the junction zhang xiang junction's appearance. And you might not be able to get what he's saying there at first, but junction just what is a junction? Well, for me, it's a car like a road junction. So you can imagine just search for a uh, road a junction with a car accident. You know, with like a couple of cars sort of, <clears throat> you know, with bits everywhere and stuff. Of the of the cars, look. Notice the junction's appearance. Next, zhang de. That looks junked, junked, zhang de. Yeah, not not bad. I think my favourite one there is John. Uh, da Actually, no, they're all good. They're all good. The first two, the last one is a bit harder to uh, to work with, but I think that you could definitely figure that one out. Zhang de. That looks junked. <laughs> so you could say junked. Uh, I guess like a, a ship that is now classified as it can't, it's not seaworthy anymore, big hole in it or something, that would work quite well. Uh, so well done, Jeff. I really like these a lot. So please um, send in send in some more. The next one is from Ija on Vocab Unlocked for Sao, specifically Da Sao. And she just says kind of a joke, why do Arabs have clean houses? Because Arabs Sao Di, Sao Di. Just like before he sent emails, I'd just like to point out that Ija is actually uh, a Malaysian person of Arab descent. So she's allowed to say stuff like that. Next is Hank Elliott on vocab unlocked from uh, Swan. Xin plus Swan equals feel sad. Xin Swan. If your heart is sour, of course you are sad. I love this language. Yeah, very straightforward. Uh, you can also have, there's lots of other words created with Xin plus something. 
Xin lei is another one. She's saying lei, but lei to my core. I'm tired. Lei means tired. Xin lei is just like exasperated, exhausted. Uh, one more here from Hank. <coughs> he says it's from the word bai fen zhi, which means percentage, percent. So literally, if you break it down, it's 100 bai fen, slice or piece or portion or divide. It also means divide. Zhi, so of. So again, a, again, amazing simplicity and logic, logic of this language. Uh, percentage is portion of 100. This language keeps showing us why the East is so naturally good at math. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. I was going to say by like 100 divide of, uh, 100 like divisions of, but I think your way works better. Um, so I really like that. Thanks a lot, Hank. Next is uh, movies. So we're going to break down some great movies that you guys have sent in over the last week. Just comments. Movies, essentially, if you want to look it up, there's a link in our uh, description on the the podcast notes there. Essentially, this is how we teach you Chinese characters. So let's just jump into the first one here. Stephanie on Make a Movie for Ugh, which means hungry. She says, Jackie Chan and Scrooge are waiting to eat lunch on the back patio. So Scrooge, I remember this one. So I, I believe that, um, so Ugh is made up of food on the left. That's essentially the food radical. <clears throat> And uh, on the right, it's war, I. So for I, we, we say, we say, we say uh, choose someone or choose someone that's very selfish. All they think about is themselves. I, war. Um, and Scrooge is a good example of that, right? And Jackie Chan is the uh, representative of the particular initial involved here. He says, they are so hungry, Jackie Chan and Scrooge. Finally, the waiter arrives with a bowl of soup. That's representative of the left prop. One mouthful. Jackie shrugs and offers to share the bowl, but Scrooge attacks the waiter, planning to eat him. He's so hungry. That's really good. Applying the personality of the actors or you know people that are acting as props into the scene. That makes everything so much more. And of course, Jackie Chan would do that, wouldn't he? He uh, seems like a nice guy, <clears throat> whereas Scrooge is not. So bring that into the scene. Really good, Stephanie. Next one here is Hank Elliott on Make a Movie for Mai, which... Uh, means uh, veins work means means a bunch of different things uh, depending on the but it, it's got that it brings that kind of thing to it uh, so if you, you can also be shan mai shan mai means uh, mountain range which if you look from the, the perspective of like a bird's eye view it does kind of look like veins doesn't it um <clears throat> so that kind of shape basically is what it means my m actor is in my ai set swimming in the toilet with falcor <laughs> The only light is from the moon through the window. After a while, my M actor was so cold, his veins were sticking out bright and blue. I really like the lighting effects on this one. You could call that a special effect too. The really cool lighting. Everything's lit up, lit by lit. Everything's lit up by the moon, <clears throat> and the veins are bright blue as well, sticking out. Um, and it's dark, so accentuate that. And if Falcor cannot continue to swim through my arteries and veins, it will be my moon set and the end of my eternalness. Wow. Okay. That's that's pretty darn good. I like that one. Uh, well done, um, Hank. Rick Santos on Make a Movie for Huang. He says, Humpty Dumpty escapes to freedom from the ANG set's kitchen, second tone. He picks a pair of plant shears, that's the top component, and cuts the tall grass leading up to a yellow brick road. Uh, still holding the shears. Thanks for putting the components in brackets, by the way. It's really helpful. 
in his hands, he gleefully walks down with his disproportionately thin legs, the bottom two leg-looking things, firmly decided where his future lies but beyond the yellow brick road, singing exuberantly, Hua Hua Huang, beyond the yellow brick road. Fantastic. Uh, you've also included the pronunciation in there just for good measure. I really like that story. Well done, uh, Rick. Next one is from Nick Sims on Make a Movie for Biao, uh, which I guess means expressing your opinion. Uh, could mean a couple of different things. Um, the one he's chosen here. Let's have a look at his movie here. So, and he's also labeled it Dianying as well. Okay, awesome. Bethany uh, is in the gym at Lifetime Fitness. That's Nick's choice for AO. Holding a loaf of bread. That's the uh, top component. Practicing ballet. And put a little nice ballet icon there. Thank you for those uh, emoticons. I like those. No one ever does that, actually. It's a really good idea. While wearing her tutu, that's the clothing component, she's gliding on the surface of the gym floor, but everyone is giving her a weird look. Oh, so y'all don't like me eating bread while dancing? I feel your eyes expressing your opinion. Very nice. And maybe, well, that's also her expressing her opinion, isn't it? So she that you could also make that a clear point in the movie. Um, with uh, also her facial expressions because biao is also using biao qing uh, which means expression so uh, might be a good idea to do that too just maybe even do a close-up of that uh, it's, a, it's a really good good job there nick thank you and that's all we've got for today guys uh, thank you for all of your comments and emails please keep them coming as usual uh, if you've listened this far and you haven't signed up for at least a free trial of the mandarin blueprint method then it might be a good idea to do that now. Just sign up at mandarinblueprint.com for a 14-day free trial, free access to phase one and pronunciation mastery in its entirety. I think that's about four, yeah, 395 lessons on last count. So go ahead and check that out. And I will speak to you guys very soon. Bye-bye.